0: It's time for a Humans in Tune conversation with Darren on 93.9 Mike FM. Yes, indeed it is. Another Humans in Tune. The winds are just right to bring in a special guest into the 93.9 Mike FM studios. We have got some fun. Oh, boy, my phone's even turned up. How about that? I'm following myself. There's nothing egotistical about that. Right, Nick? Who's Nick? Well, I'll tell you who Nick is. It's Nick Murphy, Spoon Pictures writer, director, ...of the movie All Night Skate, which is making its grand premiere here in your hometown of Jackson, Missouri... ...tomorrow night at the Band Show. It's going to be awesome. Before we dig in, Nick, welcome to the studio, my man. Oh, wait. Let me turn your mics on. There we go. Excellent. Take two, everybody. Take <laughs> it's a real two. show. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, welcome to the studio.
1: Anything can happen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Darren. Thank you for having me, man. It's, it's awesome to be here.
0: Yeah, uh, it's glad, I'm glad you're in town. We're excited about the premiere of the movie. Uh, it's been a long time coming... For it to, you know, be shown here in Jackson for everybody to come check it out. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to get that exclusive digital look, you know, and, and watch the movie, and it's a lot of fun uh, for me personally. Growing up in Jackson, you know, even though I wasn't a, a rink rat and hanging out with you guys down there, the Jackson Skate Center was a, as part of all of our childhoods back then. You know, yeah. uh, we loved going to the roller rink, and for you guys, it was really a special place. And this movie kind of captures. The entire essence of that coming of age, that time in your life, that that special home base, if you could think of it like that, for you guys and your friends and despite what was going on at school or at home, that was kinda of your safe space, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think a lot about uh it's been said before about a third place that there isn't much of now these days. But back in, in the nineties when the movie is set there was a third place. And that's like something that isn't your home or work or school. It is a, a different place that you can go and be a part of the of almost like a community of people. Yeah. And, and it, it's what you said. The rink was a home base. Yeah. You know, if, if parents wanted to go out for the night, they drop their kids off at the rink, you know. Right. Um, but uh, a lot of it for us was just is, is exactly what you said was a second home and and lifelong friendships or rink rats were were made there and what mm-hmm. i found in making the movie is that the rink rat moniker isn't limited to just the 90s i mean oh, everyone no, for sure everyone around town had a story about that rink every time like when we were in pre-production bob schooley and i were walking around different businesses trying to get him to sign up for the for the fundraiser that you ended up hosting for the Jackson Chamber of Commerce a couple mm-hmm. of years back. And we'd run into people and we'd tell them about the movie and they'd be like, oh, man, I had my first skate. I remember skating backwards there or I had my first kiss there or I had mm-hmm. this experience. I met my best friend there, you know? Right. And and it was just like everybody had a story no matter what. Like, they remembered. There was the yeah. 70s ring crats and the 80s ring crash and the 90s. And so I was like, okay, when I make this movie, when we make it, we got to make it for everybody who ever skated that those floors.
0: Right. You know, and it needs to be relatable for more than just your group, right?
1: right. It, it, it has to like a, a good story will will break out of that. You never mm-hmm. want it to be too inside baseball, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, I think from early reactions that we were able to do that because I've had some people who've seen the movie who have said, "Oh, I didn't hang out at a rink kind of like you did," but but it, to them it's like a hangout movie. Mm-hmm. It's like they're hanging out with their friends. Like they find a character in the film that they oh for sure latch on to and they're hanging out with them Mm -hmm. and and they're like well i didn't hang out there but i hunted at the bowling alley
0: yeah or me and my band geek buddies we all spent time at this spot you know Mm -hmm. that that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. yeah and I, i like what you said there about they they see a character they find a character in the movie that's relatable they attach themselves to and i think again like you said not too much inside baseball i think that's some of the appeal of how you've written the characters into the movie and You know, writing these characters into the movie, it wasn't like these are all fictional characters, you know, these were your friends, these are your pals, these are people that I know, like legitimate people, and so to see how you, you know, grab those personalities and how the actors were able to embody those, I I think it's great.
1: Oh, it's amazing. And it's all and I want to give a shout out to Lucas Biney, who said sweet what up dudes and then yeah. Terry Lloyd. Hello everyone.
0: Yeah, welcome to the show guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Feel Free, you know, sharing is caring of course, you know.
1: Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button. We don't have those, but yeah, <laughs> listen to Yo, the what station up to too boy Nicky M and Darren B.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DJ Nick at night. Hey, uh, speaking of that though, coming up at noon, tune in live on 939 Mike FM on the FM dial or online at 939mikefm.com for the totally 90s lunch because today we're doing an all-night skate soundtrack lunch hour if you want to think of it like that so we're going to be playing songs uh that are in the movie fantastic 90s jams talk a little bit about their connection to the movie and and so forth um you know this was a time in life where we were pre-digital right so you know music on us making a mixtape making a mixed cd if you're cool enough to have a cd burner in the late 90s but you know making that mixtape creating that mindset it was such a huge thing and i know that was a big deal for you at, at the roller rink you know absolutely the, the music
1: uh, absolutely it was i mean i worked my way up to dj started off as a skate guard that's right you know and putting away <laughs> those smelly skates <laughs> yep <laughs> um but worked my way up to dj and it was the coolest job in the world for a teenager to have yeah and and uh and, and
0: for adults too yeah right <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 magic was you know uh, going to the Walmart up in Jackson and looking through their CD maxi singles and cassettes, mm-hmm. looking for the singles every every other week, looking for a new single. What's dropping? That was sort of like our iTunes yeah. was scrolling through the. All right, got that, got that, need that, right. you know. And it would usually have a B side. And then um, also, uh, I took. Well, I'll probably get a phone call right now from. From Columbia House, mm-hmm. I took so much advantage of their 18 CDs, for a, CDs yeah. for a penny. Yeah, dude,
0: yeah. I had a terrible credit rating at 12 years old because of, of BMG and Columbia House. Man, <laughs> I owed so like, much money to Columbia House. We're sorry, sir. You can't get a job here at McDonald's. You got a 200 credit rating thanks to BMG and Columbia House.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> boy, we did stocked up on those. Pretty care. much, pretty much. Yeah. But but that was the way. Or someone would bring a CD by the
1: rink and come up mm-hmm. to the booth. Like I remember when the Foo Fighters' uh, first album dropped. This ring crack came up to me and goes, can you play this? Is Dave Grohl from Nirvana's new band. And I'm like, all right, sure. I'll play this song. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, it was like that. It yeah. was literally like, like like that. And then yep. um, I took pride in... Uh, hi, hi, Faith. How are you? Uh, I, I, I took pride in uh, not playing the same song during the four-hour set. Like, I'd always play a different right. song. I would never play the same song or the same artist. I would always try to play a different artist every time. You know, and I, would, I remember, like, skating up to the DJ booth and, like, queuing up the next song and then skating back out. Uh-huh. And thinking, oh, the song's about to be over, and I'd, like, leave the conversation <laughs> and skate yep. back out to the booth. Yeah.
0: it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, music was such an important role, and it plays an important role in the movie. And we'll talk about that some on the FM side today. But, you know, to that end, I'm sure as you picked these songs, there were certain ones that just absolutely were triggers for that time.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there were staples in it I knew had to be in there. Um, going back to what you said earlier, um, a lot of the characters in the film are based on real rink rats who went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they're like fictional versions of them played by, by young actors. A lot of the young actors are from this area, from right. southeast Missouri. Um, and so uh, one of the actors who ended up winning the role of Paul in the film the real Paul, who worked at the rink with me, um, his jam was Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. And I was like, okay, no matter what happens in this movie, when he, he at some point, he has to listen to that. It has to be a part of, like, his theme of the character right. Paul. Because that's his that, walk-on music, that's right? His that's his intro. It. Like, that's his thing, yeah. yeah. And so it was, like, those kind of core staples. Um, yeah, like, the soundtrack took, like, forever to curate mm mm-hmm. like uh but we can talk a, a, you know a little bit more but um but yeah, like going back to what you were saying earlier like it it's sort of like the music becomes another character in the film with the characters, and in that end, so does the rink, mm, mm-hmm. like trying to recreate the Jackson skate Center when it d- didn't exist anymore yeah
0: there's the trick, right <laughs> <laughs> like. Call in the uh, call in the 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 what's it, the lights lights and magic crew just to you know yeah. we need a digital uh, roller rink and just make this work for us.
1: No. Yeah, I yeah. I remember when we were doing pre production on the film, we were looking. I was looking at every roller rink, I could all over America. I googled for two months on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I remember because uh, we we were originally going to film this in L.A. We were going to film the movie in L.A. and double it. It's called doubling. Mm-hmm. It's where you take a location and you're like, okay, this is close enough to where it's set. We'll shoot here. It out. This isn't yeah. Los Angeles through right. movie magic. It is now Missouri, but it, like all in the pre-pro, it wasn't like the locations were being rather difficult. It was hard to find. Like I could find the interior of a rink, but then it was too new looking. Sure, I needed that old wooden floor is what I ultimately wanted, and the oldest time states, capsule. I needed a time capsule. Yeah, and so I found that. Um, at the Puxico Skating Rink in Puxico, Missouri, and I saw it on their Facebook page, and I was just showing it to, to PJ and everyone on the crew, and I was just like, "Man, mm-hmm. this rink, this is the rink. It feels like the Jackson Skate Center. It feels like it when you're in there, even though it's not laid out like that at all. Mm-hmm. It just it has got that history, and it yeah. did. It, it had been there, it had been what the Jackson Skate Center was, except it got to go on, right. and it still exists." And, and that's why it had that, that feeling. And so finding that, and then Jackie uh, Riggins at the time, uh, she owned the rink. And, and uh, w- once we got them on board, it was like, that's the
0: heartbeat of the film. And uh-huh.
1: it really became that way. But trying to go film there every day out in Puxley it was like an hour and a half commute.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a haul. And if you've ever been involved in making a movie, filming even commercials, can be very very full days mm-hmm. and you know how many days did you spend down there at the rink I mean gosh
1: about two weeks almost yeah. about 10 days or so um, we had to shoot everything that took place at the rink because we knew we would not
0: be able to yeah go you get that's your chunk of time and that's it right
1: and so we were there a lot we had locked down the rink and reserved it for about two weeks and even even being there like the days are really long because it, it was a community film like right. a lot of people think movies around here, they now have a reference for Gone Girl, which was a big Hollywood movie. And they had a lot of money behind that. So they're able to David Fincher is like, Oh sure, I can recreate the Jackson Skate Center for yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Poof. I'm David Fincher. yeah. 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 Ta da. And so uh but uh yeah it 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 was uh long days because it, it was a community film and everybody worked for free on it. The cast, the crew, everybody. Everybody believed in the movie and and, and they wanted to um, uh, you know, be a part of it and and contribute to it, and and everyone just worked super long hours. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one day back to back where PJ and I worked two twenty hour days back to back.
0: That's rough. Yeah, you wonder why directors did cocaine back in the seventies, <laughs> <70s, you know? laughs> but it is. It's some very long days, and it's awesome because it's all come full circle. And for those of you just tuning in, or those of you just popping in the premiere is tomorrow it's at the Jackson Park in the um, Jackson Band Show the Nick Least Memorial Band Show hmm. and Mr. Least. the event starts around 7.30 we will be there and the uh, the movie will start showing right at dusk so like 8.15, is somewhere in that window so come out and then after the movie we invite you to stick around there's going to be a Q&A with cast and crew right there as well you can get the lowdown, ask some questions, hang out You know, get your chest autographed whatever you're into <laughs> um nick will bring a sharpie sure but all that's going on tomorrow and uh for more details i encourage you guys to go check out you, know, you can check out the the trailer you can check out a lot of the footage because it has been a journey and i think it's cool to see some of the videos like the fundraising video that goes back you're looking there's footage from nick's been a camera monkey like his entire life and so the original video footage now i'm not going to spoil anything about the movie because uh, stick around for the credits but um the footage from then and all that, that's all on the website. It's allnightskatethemovie.com. I'm going to type it in here and you yep. can tell them. Tell them what's on the website now. Tell Great. them what's on the website. Uh, tell Nick. them
1: what they've won, Darren. Tell them what they won. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just won free RSVP tickets to allnightskatethemovie.com. <laughs> Like I went dot .com. dot .com. Okay. That's right. Um, um, yeah, so on the website, uh, you can RSVP for tickets right there on your phone or your personal computer or Mac. And... Uh, Go to ours uh, allmatskatethemovie You can RSVP as many people as you want.
0: Link in the comments.
1: It is uh, free ninety nine, which is a great <laughs> great price,
0: it's like a free
1: ticket Friday. Yeah, we're just we're
0: <laughs> handing it out. We've lost our minds.
1: Yeah, so come on down for free and yeah. uh, bring your chair and and, and some it's family water. friendly. You know, uh,
0: mostly you know, it's it is like uh, toddlery, But
1: I say angsty. If you have angsty teenagers at home, that's the language in this film. I'd say yeah. about PG thirteen for some language. Yeah. Sure. Um uh so if you're coming there expecting the Disney version of a skinny rig, <laughs> yeah.
0: you're there not gonna are, get it. There are no birds or cartoons involved in this. But but yeah, you I mean I'm gonna bring, you know, my daughter's son and if they're of age and able to hear it, especially living in my house with me. So <laughs> But uh But the movie itself, uh at its core is just it's all about that time in the life when you're you're graduating high school, or maybe you're starting high school, but you're coming up. You're learning your friends. You're learning a lot of things. Your eyes are open to a lot of things. You're having new experiences, um, and all that cycles through in this. And it's you get you you touch on a lot of issues within the movie besides just you know what people may list as their top five teenage moments in life. I mean, there's a lot of of home life issues that are that are tapped mm-hmm. into. I mm-hmm. um, family's a big part of this. Yeah, you know for sure.
1: Well, there. You know, that's the thing. Is like it's like I was saying earlier when you dropped off at the rink. Well, a lot of people like the rink was also a refuge. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, a lot of people come from from single parent homes where they're latchkey kids or something like that. And so uh, I really wanted to touch on some of that. Like this is why they're angsty. Uh-huh. You know, they're they're sort of isolated on their own when they're, they're not on. not just their
0: superficial own. teenagers that yeah. are irritating <laughs> the hell out of you. Here's why. Yeah. You know, there's real life here.
1: But the the cool thing is, is like I I think I think the mistake all people make when they're making like the coming of age stories, like the real ones, the authentic ones, land because they feel very authentic to the people, and it, it's when you don't talk down or have anyone talk down to anybody in the film, mm-hmm. they're treated like human beings, you know, yeah. they're just, but because I I re- I think all of us can remember what it was like to kind of high school's over now. Where are we going from here? Yeah. What are we all doing?
0: What is my purpose?
1: Right. You know, and then mm-hmm. what I think that's interesting about the movie is um, when when you watch it is, like, a lot of the times there's this quote where, where someone says, uh, at one point you went outside with your friends and you didn't know it was the last time. Uh-huh. And in the movie, the characters are all, have a very unique perspective because they know that this is the last all night skate of the summer. They know a lot of a lot of them are graduating and moving on, mm-hmm. and they're just counting down this event, yeah. this one night in their lives. So, uh, I, I I like that. That is sort of the.
0: I mean, I get a little goosebumply about it because it is. It's that that culmination of everything to that point. This is our, you know, it's like at the end of Agents of Shield. This is our last mission together, kind of moment. and, yeah. and it is for your. You know, if you want to think of it as as your island of misfit toys, you know, this is the last chance we're going to hang out, and yeah. you're going on to greatness. You're going on to greatness. Who knows? Right, yeah. right. Um, this is, as I've said a couple of times, it's been a long time coming. When did you start filming on this project? So we started pre-production. I had written a short script. It was
1: originally going to be a short film before mm-hmm. it became a feature. Okay. And I had written a short script of it in 2017. And I'm like, I, I, or 2016. And I'm like, I think this is it. I think this is my next movie. Because I didn't, I didn't know if I even wanted to make movies at that point. Right. Like, I was sort of burnt out on it. And I was like, I need something. I need something. So I went through and I found this early draft of it. I'm like, there's something here. You know, and at that point, I felt like I had been far enough removed from the original Jackson Gate Center and stuff where I can kind of be a bit more objective on the story. Sure. And so um, uh, we, uh, I started writing it more and adding to it and then. Um, like I said, we were going to film in LA, but that fell apart. And then I called up the, one of the, one of our producers who's local here, she's, she's made a lot of movies here and she's a rink rat herself, her AJ Kaler. Mm -hmm. And, and then I said, AJ, um, uh, can we make the movie in Missouri? She's like, absolutely you can. And so we, we all pivoted focus and started doing pre-pro over here. Yeah. And I remember I came here in the summer of, I believe 2017, it was June and within two and a half weeks of pre-production, we had found every single location, including that we needed, including the rink, and we had done. We'd made so many gains in two weeks as opposed to a, a you know, almost a year of prep in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like Missouri just opened the floodgates and was like, "Here you go, please make the movie." The Here's magic of Missouri. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It. it was amazing, and and so we just started prep in 2017, and then a year and a half later. We were in front of the camera in May of uh, uh, June of 2018 or end of May June 2018. We shot that summer as much as we could, but realized we didn't have the full movie because a lot, like I said, a lot of casting crew was inexperienced, and we we could only move so quickly as far as getting coverage. Sure. Um, and so uh, I, w- I went through a, like a year of tight editing and showing it to a bunch of people and getting feedback, and they're like, "Okay, I'm going to do some additional shooting." next summer and we did we were able to pull together for about five more days of filming and two and a half days of filming in la with some of the la cast because three of the actors are from there right and then then
0: i felt like i had the whole puzzle
1: and i put the movie together and uh, whittled it down and it's been yeah like that ever since
0: and then you know hey let's start promoting this thing and then covid so obviously now we're finally able to you know bring it to the public and show it to the public and and put it in the right spotlight, which is awesome. I think
1: that's really awesome. Like the community, it took a, it takes a village to make a movie and it took a village here in Missouri to make this movie. Like there are people in Jackson, people here in Cape, the Southeast Missouri arts center, uh, arts council Mm -hmm. was big, big, big behind our movie. Um, Puxico opening up their rink to us for two weeks, you know, um, people coming in from all over. One of our actors lived in a town near st louis he played paul in the movie he just drove down to the open casting call for three hours to audition and he got it that's cool like and it's just like it's super cool to see all these this local talent just get involved in the community just stepped in front of like the parents who took their kids there every day who commuted mm-hmm. an hour and a half there and it had to yeah, drive it because that's back, what they have an to an remember
0: this is not all the Actors in this, you know, it's not mostly adults, it's mostly kids. It's mostly teenagers. And not all of them are able to drive. You're absolutely right.
1: Right. And so it was just like everyone pushing themselves. Our production designer, Cherie, pushed herself to the limit where she lost her voice at one point. Like uh, Gretchen Griggs, our other producer, uh, her son Cody Griggs is in the film. But she was on, like, she was on set so much. Like it's like she lived there. I remember mean, right. at one point we, we shot till two or three in the morning, and she had to go home and drive the hour and a half back to come back that
0: next morning and shoot again. It yeah. was really nuts. But it's cool that everybody was that heartfeltly, that that fully invested attitude on
1: it. Exactly. I mean, it's I mean just to well,
0: go, let's get it done. This will succeed. We will make a great movie, and let's make it. Happen.
1: Right. Well, even mm-hmm. when you hosted the fundraiser, like that place was packed and I thought yeah. we wouldn't get anybody because it was graduation weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we had another fundraiser down at uh, Bob's school, uh, the groundabout there yeah. a few weeks later that that Bob threw together. And like the whole town showed up. So here's a miraculous Missouri story. Uh, this is the, this is the community. Is this the Paul Harvey moment? This is the Paul Harvey <laughs> moment. Um, the best part was like, we had been fundraising for a year, and mm-hmm. couldn't quite get the full budget we wanted. And we were a couple thousand short, and we were only three days away from filming. Right. And so uh, Bob helped put this you know, fundraiser together with me, and we had a party where Lucas dj DJed it, 90s music all night, and the German cook came out, and Bob got a hookup for free kegs and beer, and $10 got you in, and he got brought some beer and 90s yeah. music. The whole town... I didn't know anyone was going to come. Everyone came. And every bit of money went there, got us that rink location. We were able to get the money to be like, next day, be like, here you go. You know, and like put the money down for it. And that was Missouri. Like, that was like, like, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to make the movie. And we barely made it in time. And that was like everyone coming together and being like, we believe in you. And we believe in this movie. I'm going to try not to like it. Chuck Heather, say, Heather <laughs> says that that, that yeah. fundraiser was a
0: blast. It was great. But yeah, I mean, that's a winning trifecta. You got beer, you got the German cook, and you got Lucas on the ones and twos. They're yeah. dropping it, you know. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is awesome. Um, and, yeah, and so it was like a series of miracles. that kind of helped make it all happen. And it's cool to see everything's come to this culmination. It's produced. It's ready. It's going to rock. And, again, tomorrow night at the Jackson Band Show, Get there by seven thirty. Hang out. Bring your lawn chairs. Bring your blanket. You know, throw your cooler in. Hang out at the at the bandshell, and then stick around. The movie will start around uh, at dusk, around eight fifteen or so.
1: Yep. And there will be food trucks there.
0: Yeah. Uh, you got I know Andy Sweet Tooth one. coming and Smoke Shack Barbecues coming. Yep. yep. Sweet
1: Tooth and uh, Andy Sweet Tooth and Smoke Shack Barbecue. So we'll yeah. have barbecue and ice cream.
0: Love that Shack Pack, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I would suggest. Here's my personal endorsement as a large man who loves barbecue. <laughs> Get that uh, the Shack Mac. It's, it's pulled pork and they put mac and homemade mac and cheese on oh, top of it. Sold. And chef's kiss. It's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Darren, I, I wanted to pivot a little bit.
1: I want to talk about how you were gonna be in the movie originally. Do you remember this?
0: Yeah. Well then I kind of gave it a second thought. I was like, I'm really old to play that role. <laughs> if I didn't you know, I could I could do like the the uh you know the hey, and Grecian the... formula beard color there, but yeah. no. But no, you yeah, you had asked me to do it. And uh, I wasn't able to pull off a thousand reasons why, right? But um, but you got David in. Got David which Austin. Which was such a great fit.
1: It was really great. He He's was so fun. He was great. Well, what, yeah. they, what, what made David great doing it, not only was he a rink rat, so he he played Brian in the movie. If anyone's ever really been to the rink, everyone remembers Brian, the owner, as this very imposing, hulking giant of a man. Like if right?
0: a biker bar manager ran a roller rink. Yeah. <laughs> Without the leather vest, that was pretty much... Yeah.
1: This dude was a beast to us. You know, like, yeah. He was just like this. And so um, I was like, all right, cool. Like, We need a Brian. We need someone. And so like, it ended up being David who took over the role. But what's great about that is not only is he ring grab, but he's been in all the Spoon movies. He was, he was Sub-Zero true. in my Way Mortal Kombat when, yeah. movie that we made for yep. high school. He mm-hmm. played Sub-Zero again in the sequel. He, play, he was in like so many of the old Spoon films. Um, and so to have him come back and play that role for this movie was like, it was a treat. It yeah. was really great to have him there. Well,
0: and to touch on that a little bit, you know, and you, you bring that to light in the movie of those days in high school years when you were making movies with your, Here, you know, in, VHS, in, in town quarter yeah. doing it in town. And, you know, you and, and Trace and a-
1: Adam Kaler, and yeah. Lu- Lucas and, yep. uh, and David and, you know, Pat Siebert and yep. some of those guys, yeah.
0: you know, I'll, my son is a gamer, and I love him. He's 12 years old. He's a big old nerd, just like his dad. Um, you know, and you guys, we, you, you were nerdy kids. You were into Mortal Kombat. You know, you're into the movies, <laughs> makings, yeah. all that stuff. Like, right? Like, uh, you know, when you think of growing up in the 90s, it was, you know, you had your alpha betas and you had your tri-lams. And <laughs> the world was a little more divisive, I feel like, back then. But you guys embraced this, and you went out and you made these things, and you, and you, you, you took the time, and you edited, and you produced. I mean, you really made some cool stuff. For what you could do with a VHS camcorder, you know, 100 years ago, it feels like. Um, Thanks, but man. this has always been a passion for you. This is not just like, I think I decided one day I'm going to make a movie about me and my friends in the Roller rink <laughs> days. Like, this has yeah. been a passion for years, about as long as you've been able to hold up a camera, right? Yes,
1: sir. Actually, uh, this year right now, today, is the 30th, well, th- this month, the 30th anniversary of Spoon Pictures. Yeah. We started in 93. And um, I I count that. I count the early days. Like, yeah. When did you pick up a camera? Great, you're a director now. I started
0: in radio as a junior in high school, right? right so I remember So that's that. when yeah. I started in radio. Well, we grew know? up together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being able to, to see that come full circle. And you had some, you know, successes along the way. It wasn't just like you did goofy movies and with a VHS camera and then all of a sudden made a big movie. I mean, you did a really kick-ass uh, tribute movie or whatever, how would you call it, fan film. Fan film for Tomb Raider? Yeah, for Tomb Raider.
1: Yeah. But, yeah that kind of
0: blew up a little bit, yeah? It, it did,
1: actually. It's, yeah. uh, it, I think it's one of our biggest movies. It was the very first Tomb Raider fan film called Tears of the Dragon, um, and it is the first Tomb Raider fan film. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, it, it, it went around the world a little bit yeah. uh, at the time. I, I think the the issue, uh, there was some Hollywood interest, but they didn't know what to do with fan films at the time, right. so I guess as a, well, a head of the a, curve.
0: You know, this was what, <laughs> 2005,
1: 2006, five, yeah. Five, yeah,
0: so it's really, we're talking my space era right not a lot of digital media action happening out here you know
1: right uh, but but yeah tomb raider was big but we actually brought that here to the cape con the very first cape con that, that ken murphy had nice and and we showed tomb raider to three sold out out shows uh so so tomb raider is screened here in missouri but missouri you're absolutely right, is where i got my start mm-hmm. like my grandma for the mortal Kombat movie she sewed the scorpion yes. sub-zero costumes you know and and trace's mom Trace Webster's mom made his Raiden costume for him, and, you know, and, and and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like, like we like starting here. This was my film school. This yeah. whole town. Like I had to learn to do everything. And luckily, I had a, a group of misfit weirdos who wanted to take that journey with mm-hmm. me. Because you're right. It, in the '90s, there was no YouTube or anything like that. So it was uncommon to always have a camera. Today, today we got cameras on our phones. Yeah, we're yeah. always on. Nick we're we're making a movie. Now.
0: We're making a movie right now. <laughs> we're totally making a movie. But, no, that, but yeah, that's it. You you nailed it. it and there were so many incremental little little happy pushes, little moments of clarity, little little booster shots along the way. Like, instead of a parent saying, I don't have time for that, you don't have time for that, focus on your homework, blah, 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 blah.
1: Mm-hmm. No,
0: Grandma said, okay, how, what do we need to do? How do we sew tinfoil? You know, this, and Trace's mom steps up. Yeah. yeah, so those little bits were all, like you said, part of your film school. So, okay, cool, i got a costumer that's making these things, now I can focus on this. And it just kept building, and, and little nudges along the way, and I'm sure... With every nudge, there's a smack across the face where you're like, damn, we didn't get what we needed for this, or we didn't get that. But you've had such a great attitude and kept a step above any of the negativity that's come through. And, you know, yeah, you're not a millionaire, but you made an awesome movie. And we are really looking forward to seeing it tomorrow. And
1: AllNightSkateTheMovie.com, RSVP for free.
0: That's right. Enter now. You can find the link right there. And Dusty says, I got can't wait, got my tickets. Yep. Yeah, And really I looked dusty. at the... We were we were chatting last night about today and looking at the RSVPs and, like, 400 people or so have rsvp And that's awesome. I can't wait to that's see lot that of hill full. Well, they've been doing some fun stuff at the band show, man. They've started bringing in these concerts with the tribute bands. Right on. Like, tomorrow is your premiere next friday is an eagles tribute band heart eight tonight that's coming in very cool so people are getting accustomed to more than just muni band and muni band's awesome but now there's a few more things that are happening at the band show so
1: yeah i'm really excited about it Mm. uh it's gonna be a lot of fun we got a 25 foot by 14 foot inflatable screen so it's huge nice so hopefully there won't be a bad seat in the house and lucas uh biney uh, DJ Lucas Baini, uh he, 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 he's going to be uh, doing the sound for us. Yeah. So that I mean, he's he's, he's going to do a great job. He's yep. he, he's got a whole setup ready to go uh, for tomorrow.
0: It's going to be a blast. And I'm so, looking forward to it, man.
1: Me too. And I'm, I'm I'm really really thankful that 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 you had me here on the show for this mm-hmm. double feature and to talk about All Night Skate. This is the most I've ever talked about All Night Skate to somebody who's not on a phone. Like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs>
0: it's weird. We've been in person. Whoa. Yeah. We're
1: like, ah, yeah. no, but like. You're talking about COVID. Like the crazy part about that was doing the post production uh, for color during that because we were kind of on lockdown, and like, we're also mm-hmm. across the country from each other. So PJ, right. the Gaynard, who was a cinematographer, shot a beautiful movie, and and so like w- when you're doing the color, you're taking the image and you're adjusting the color temperature and different things like that to kind of get the look that you want. Right. And so me and him and our colors, Jesse, were on uh, DaVinci Resolve and on Zoom calls. And we're just looking at our computer screens going, All right, this is about as close as it's gonna get. Mm-hmm. But like it, it was really um there there are parts in the film and this doesn't give anything away, but there are sections, like there's the couple skate and then there's yeah. then there's that uh, a couple other things, but each sort of section had a different lighting feel to it. And and you might notice this the second time you watch it. Um, but that was, you know, kinda of to create like a, a space for the for the movie. So uh the color in the film is a very, very important process. A lot of people don't don't realize that mm-hmm you know
0: well and you're showing an era yeah. right so uh, especially when it's like clips of you guys doing basically acting out what you shot in real life on the VHS side you know there's a, a timbre to that that's different than what it is inside the roller ring versus what it is right outside in the parking lot of the ring
1: right and so like in the movie uh, the character of Nick is, is documenting the last all night skate mm-hmm. of the summer of his friends and so he's filming it all the time and then but he's also filming a Mortal Kombat fan film right but he's so obsessed with trying to get it perfect that he does, he keeps tweaking it and he keeps adding it. And everyone's like, are you still working on that thing? Right. Yeah. You know?
0: The perpetual project yeah. vibe. Yeah.
1: Right. And he's like, eh, like you got to get out of here. You got to go somewhere else if you want to make movies. Like, yeah. You know, like, you can't stick around. And he's like, no, but I got everything I need right here. Mm-hmm. He's very reluctant to take that next step. Yeah. And and so, like, when he's filming the VHS, when we cut to the VHS, we had it on set a couple different ways. like we were kind of try to get use real VHS maybe um and then we just ended up going with filming it with our own cameras that we were using on the project and then in, in in post in color uh uh saturating kind of filter, that look to that, yeah. and and the colorist did such a good job i forgot what he said he looked at to get it but like i can't sometimes even tell when they yeah. cut to the in foot all-night skate VHS footage, right. it feels like I'm looking at a VHS, which is what I wanted it to be. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if you just throw a filter on it that has the squiggly lines, you can same. tell it's a filter. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? yeah. So what you were saying about, about the tone, like because it's set in the 90s, I wanted it to have that saturated, colorful, poppy look. Right. Like everything, especially when they're at the rink, I wanted it to feel dreamlike. I wanted the movie to feel like, like a memory, mm-hmm. like you yourself are are, like, stepping back into that rink. And that's what I really hope that um, Jackson, the people who come tomorrow feel like, like the ones yeah. that were there. They're they like, oh, man, this is like a, I stepped into a time capsule.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what kind of crowd we get tomorrow. And I know we've got folks popping in that are excited to, you know, to see it tomorrow. Um, invite your friends. Go to All Night Skate, the movie that's N-I-T-E when you spell out night. Or you can find the link in the comments here on the Facebook Live. And if you're listening to this after the fact on our podcast, just go to allnightskatethemovie.com and RSVP. And you can show up tomorrow, hang out with us. Uh, again, event starts around 7.30. We'll have the movie starting around 8.15, 8.30. And then a Q&A with cast and crew afterwards. And it'll be a lot of fun. And Nick Murphy will be there as well, of course. And uh, do you know who of cast and crew may be coming in? Is there ability to list any of that out yet? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, PJ Gaynard, who
1: shot the film, will be there. Uh, Christy Moore, who plays uh, Jennifer's mom in the movie, will be there. I think the Jennifers will, the real-life Jennifer's will be there. And I believe the actors, uh, the kid who played Gabe, Leighton Lipke, he'll be there. Cody nice. Griggs will be there. He played Adam. Um, the L.A. cast, unfortunately, can't.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big commitment to buzz out. Well, it's you know. a big
1: commitment, but also those those three are union and currently working in ah, the industry, yeah, so they they, they cannot promote. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, a lot of the local kids are going to be there. Uh, the kid who played Paul, Brendan, who drove down for three hours for his audition, he's coming in with his mom. That's awesome. Now, so there, there's going to be a lot of cool of uh, uh, of the casting crew there, a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of cool people. Uh, some of our camera people, like a lot of people there, and they'll, uh, our production designer Sheree, will be there. Um, our producers will be there. Uh, Gretchen Griggs and AJ Kaylor. That's Taylor. awesome. Yeah. they will be a great crew. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a, a really great gr- group of people. They're all gonna have great stories, I'm sure. That aren't just yeah. me droning on. Yeah.
0: No, and, and that's the fun part about it, right? And people can ask about, you know, it's gonna be fresh in your minds so you and be like, "What were you guys thinking when you did blah 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 blah?" Right. You, know, you never know what kind of questions might
1: pop up. Right, and, and and you're gonna be our our, our wonderful QA moderator. That's right. So, yeah, I'll
0: make sure you don't ask anything terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fun movie, it's a great story, uh, but above all else, man, it's just, it's real and it's from the heart, and I just love that about it. So, I'm excited. Nick Murphy, ladies and gentlemen, writer and director of All Night Skate. Go to allnightskatethemovie.com, catch the link in the comments, get your tickets, we will see you tomorrow. And I encourage you, hang out, because coming up in about 20 minutes for the Totally 90s Lunch, DJ Nick at night. Bah, bah, bah. and Iceberg beer, beer, beer. <laughs> we're going to dig in on the Totally 90's lunch we're going to do an All Night Skate soundtrack thing today we're going to talk a little bit uh, on air as well about some of the tie-ins with the music and the movie and, and all of that and you'll get to experience it all tomorrow night again AllNightSkateTheMovie.com for details and tickets Nick, thank you so much for coming in to being my guest man Thank you sir, it was awesome been a fantastic day Alright, so tune in for that we will catch you for our next Humans in tune segment which is coming up next week matter of fact i'll give you a sneak preview it's tuesday i've got jeff rawson coming in at 11 a.m jeff the uh man behind the all the magic of the shipyard music festival jeff is coming in tuesday we're going to talk bands we're going to sample snacks i don't know it depends on what i bring into the studio but we're going to be talking about shipyard music festival and all things involved next tuesday at 11 o'clock until then for nick this is darren peace i'm out of here Thanks for catching this Humans in Tune conversation with 939 Mike FM. Find previous interviews on our Facebook page, or you can listen via our podcast at 939MikeFM.com.